Benetron for you. You guys ready for another round? For another week? Yes, I am. All right, so it is August 14th, 2023. Making our way around the sun here. I would love to welcome you all along for another ride on a Monday night. This one is going to be jam-packed to the brim in the hour uh, leading up to this launch of the broadcast. I actually had to trim some things out that I was just like, no, not going to get around to it. Save it for tomorrow. Save it for the next day. This is good for Friday with Matt. This is good for blah, 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 blah. Tonight's going to be good. Um, A really traditional Monday night kind of a roundup. A lot of themes, topics, headlines from the weekend. We'll get around to some some uh, updates and theories with what's going on in Hawaii. Of course, I was going to open up the Hawaii hotline again tonight, but guess what? <laughs> Skype. I give it another chance. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to open up a second line. I'm going to re-download Skype. I'm going to give it a second line that I could do flexible things with. And um, and it, uh, it required some kind of an update. And and it just won't uh, it won't take, so I wasn't going to restart the computer and have to set up all my media again. So we'll just have to take everything through those same feeding trough line that everybody else is is having, and hopefully some gold comes through. I also set up a Hawaii hotline on Gilded, even though only uh, only Albert is able to call uh, call in on Gilded. It's like his it's his line for some reason. So give me a little while, and I'll figure it out, as I always do. But um, that's what we got going on tonight. I want to talk a little bit about Hawaii. There's a, I got to talk about Afghanistan, and we'll do that first. This article about Afghanistan, the Taliban, and what's going on out there with the opium fields, the poppy fields, I should say, it's uh, pretty incredible. And it harkens back to one of the first and still greatest interviews that we've ever had on this show from years ago with a friend of mine, a friend of the of the show and a and a real um, a real badass Andy Kubik who was one of the first pair of boots on the ground out there in Afghanistan and one of the first to be co- totally red pilled as to what the hell was really going on. Um, I want to I want to talk about that in the beginning. Then we'll get to Hawaii, we'll open up the lines in the second half. We'll talk about the plane lady uh, who captured our attention for a little bit, but now it's getting a little bit obnoxious to me. We'll talk about that. Getting a little bit obnoxious. She's about to get fully processed by the media. Fully processed. So um, we'll get to all that. It'll be in the second half. And your calls will be sprinkled throughout. Also, if you'd like, you can send in Super Chats. That's an easy way to skip the line on the phones and get some thoughts onto the record. That's quite frankly, superchat.com. You can also throw some thoughts into the Rumble Rants. The Rumble Rants are fantastic. It's like the old school uh, YouTube Super Chats that we have not been able to partake in since uh, April of 2020. So by all means, jump on in there. There's also the gold pills that's on quitefrankly.tv. That is the native streaming client that is right there, the video and the chat. 
powered by Foxhole. I hope you're all enjoying yourself so far. Let's just jump right into all of the other things I have here. Okay, uh, a little roundup on the guests since the new week, and there's some other bookings that were made. Timothy Alberino is going to be on with, on with us tomorrow night for the short show. We're going to be getting a crash course in all of the uh, intergalactic shootouts that are being had. Oh, who knows? Maybe they're interdimensional. Who knows? Flying discs, people that are impervious to shotgun blasts, flying around. It's going to be interesting. Because not only will we get all of the latest updates on what's going on in Peru, I have some things I want to throw his way, too. That'll be a short show, but a tight one. On the 15th, now Wednesday, we have Diana Pasulka, author of American Cosmic. That's going to be a great one. On Thursday night, Shane and Melody from Real Appalachia will be on with us this, this uh, week talking about travel and culture it'll be a nice show about you know going through small towns that have rich history but are almost abandoned and things that are going on in places that never get any thought on friday night i think that's when we will mix in the deer scene with matt in studio just chilling out on the 18th the deer scene with matt and i think that'll be great just taking calls from people you know exchanging stories having a good time on monday the 21st, Brooks Agnew will be coming on to talk about nuclear power and also NASA and the moon landing. I want to get his opinion. Everybody was like, you know, we should talk about talk talk to Brooks about the the moon landing. He thinks that we went. Well, um, I I I don't think that the 69 uh, in uh, 69 that we went per se, but I don't know. I th- I. I still think that uh, we, we went at some point. So I want to talk about that. I have mixed theories on the whole damn thing. Of course, I can't confirm or deny anything. I've watched all the videos you guys have. Um, I just have a hard time with certain subjects taking a, a really hard stance on things because I just don't know. But uh, August 22nd, I think we're going to have... I'll have to co- confirm something with that. Um... What's anything new here? Anything new? Oh, yeah. This is really interesting. Really fun. It's a, it's a, about a month off or so. But on September 24th, it's a Sunday. It's the day I'll be getting back from Jay Gulanello's health retreat in, uh, in New England. But on September 24th, Sunday night, 9 p.m., I will be co-hosting Matt Christensen's Sunday night stream again because Blonde is out of town. It's been a couple of years since this something like this happened. I know a lot of you watched this show because of that one night. It was very successful, people. Uh, Matt and I uh, hit it off. It was a great time. Of course, you know, nobody can replace Blonde. But, um, but he got in touch with me today. He said, hey, September 24th, what do you think about co-hosting with me? I said, hmm, well, I'll be pretty tired from that ride, but who the hell cares? Let's get some work done. So Sunday night, 9 p.m., September 24th, put it in your calendar. It's happening. All right. That's it. That's it. Oh, uh, here's an update for you. On Friday night, I was speaking with Matt about the rapture date that a audience member of ours sent my way. He said, Frank, you need to know this as September 25th, 2025. Uh, she was wrong. She got in touch with me. She said, oh, I'm so sorry. It's September 25th, 2024. So we only have a year and a month a year and a month before at least some of us are raptured. 
let's take bets who's going to be left behind. Then we'll be like, what the hell are you in for? It's going to be like me and who, who, who's, who, who's going to be left behind in the rapture? Raise your hand. If you're in the chat room right now, uh, put in one if you think that you have not made the cut. You want to make the cut, but you think that you still have too much work that you will not be raptured on September 25th of next year if it happens. One, if you think that you didn't make the cut. Two, if you definitely made the cut. Yeah, let's see. Who's, who's going to be staying behind with me? <laughs> who's going to be staying behind with me for one more round? <laughs> I'm working my ass off. I really am, God. Please, just take that into account. Oh, there's a couple of twos in there. There's a couple of people who are who are confident, but I I think that uh, I'm gonna have some company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm with you. Well, it looks like I'll have some company. We can all we'll we'll all be praying together that day, but um, we shall see. We shall see. It's uh, so we have one less year than we thought, ladies and gents. Um, let's see if the tribulation happens before that. You know the. the 2024 may just be a tribulation from start to finish. What do you think all these uh, these indictments are about? I mean, this is all this is laying the groundwork for a war that really hasn't even been kicked up yet. I know it's been nuts the last seven years or so, but you know that they're getting all this in so that there is some kind of reasonable alibi of saying that it wasn't election interference. They have to get all this in in the months leading up to quarter four. Okay, they have to get it in at least quarter two to quarter three of 2023 because it'd be too obvious as if they care about being obvious or inconspicuous or not at this point. They don't care about anything, but just to play by whatever rules they have set for themselves. That's what this is all about. It's going to be one year-long tribulation. Though what are we going to get, seven years? Seven-year tribulation? That's what I heard. I'll read into that. Um, yeah, as everybody's waiting for the uh, the Georgia indictments to come down now. So, what are we going to do? All right, so last night, I saw this. You probably saw it as well. I saw this getting passed around on Twitter and elsewhere. It was an air show. There was an air show going on. And a uh, a fighter jet had both of its pilot both of its pilots jettison, and then sent the jet to its uh, demise just over the ridge on a hill. And um, much to everybody's great relief, it landed in an apartment building's parking lot, in which there were no people walking around. I think it hit some cars. Nobody was in them. So nobody died. The, the here, Take a look at this video. You'll see. Hold on. Get it up on the screen. You're going to see the two pilots pop out. Making a cut around. There's one. There's two. And now, now it disappears. Now the plane disappears over the ridge over there, and it's flying straight. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know the first thing about aviation, uh, especially when you're talking about uh, fighter jets. But they had to jump. They had to get the hell out of this plane for a reason, I guess. 
And when they jumped out, this thing leveled out and just flew nicely over the over the ridge there. Uh, it made you wonder why the hell they had to jettison at such a harsh angle just for this to disappear over the ridge and then just go up in a a big cloud of black smoke. That fucking plane's gonna kill somebody. Come, 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 get, get in the boat. Get in the boat. Get in the boat. Get in the boat. You're gonna see. Oh shit. Now there's all. Oh my god. There's a smoke. Oh my god. What that guy. That because clearly something happened. Right over top of us. Oh my god. Oh my god. I don't know. I feel like I'm gonna. God, they ruin everything. Anyway. Thankfully, nobody was. <laughs> thank, thankfully, nobody was hurt, harmed. Um, anyway, so that was last night, and I said, "Whoa, well, well, there's something." Then I woke up this morning, and I, uh, I got on the morning show with Tracy, and she threw up some things on the screen, some other footage I hadn't seen, especially of the wreckage. It's the first time I saw anything of the wreckage, and what was staring me in the face? A big red star. I said, "What's the, what's this? Was this a Soviet plane? It was the it was a it was a Soviet plane." I said, "Was this a MiG?" Yes, it was. Soviet era MiG twenty three fighter crashes at Michigan Air Show, hits an apartment building complex. A privately owned uh, MiG twenty three. Third-generation jet fighter crashed on Sunday afternoon at Thunder Over Michigan Air Show at Willow Run Airport. Video of the crash shows a Soviet aircraft built between 1967 and 1985 experiencing what appears to be loss of lift during a steep left turn, a turn that involves a bank of more than 30 degrees. The steep turn was conducted at a low altitude, which means that there's very little margin for error. To maintain altitude, the pilot must pitch up and increase power. Instead, the video shows the pilots ejecting from the aircraft, which only suggests a mechanical failure occurred. Well, here's another uh, angle. Just right up. And away they went. Shortly after 4 p.m., this is from the Wayne County Airport Authority, released the following statement. Uh, shortly after 4 p.m. Sunday, MiG-23 demonstration plane performing at the Yankee Air Museum's Thunder Over Michigan Air Show crashed in the parking lot at uh, the Waverly on the Lake Apartments in Belleville. Pilot and backseater successfully ejected from the aircraft before the crash. While it did not appear that they sustained any significant injuries, first responders transported the pair to a nearby hospital as a precaution. Well, there was a lot of boaters on the water out there that I saw, and so I'd have to imagine that the first responders that actually got there were civilians. And this is a little bit of what I saw this morning, where I saw the Red Star. I said, get the hell out of here. This was a Soviet plane. Now listen, I, I know what you're thinking. Well, I don't know what you're thinking. All I'm saying is that when I was watching this, uh, I, I mean, it's just, it's just, I don't know. The symbolism, the symbolism is strong enough. So as heart-stopping as this kind of a thing already is to see a plane have some kind of a malfunction, have to get out of the, the air and people are ejecting and then you're seeing a giant aircraft... I know that they're smaller than commercial jets, but they're going somewhere, and there are usually people there. Uh, it's hard stopping, but quite provocative 
to see that uh, that red star in the middle of smoldering wreckage, especially with all the games still being played overseas with the Russians. So uh, I thought that the, the symbolism was quite provocative. Is that all I have? Yeah, that was from Michigan. Here's another one for you. This is from The Sun. Here's something a little fun for you. Banano supermarket evacuated after a spider whose bite can cause permanent erections. Spotted among the bananas. He knew exactly what he was doing, this spider. Going for the bananas like that. Now let's hear. This is in Austria, of course. A supermarket was evacuated after a spider whose bite can cause permanent erections. There I am. Uh, was spotted among a bunches of bananas. He wanted to be with his kind. The penny shop in Austria has remained closed since Tuesday since the horror sighting of a four-inch black and red arachnid. That doesn't look black and red. That looks brown. Oh, oh, that's something else. Emergency services dashed to the scene, warned, and they warned that the spider may have been highly venomous Brazilian wandering spider known to reach Europe by lurking in packs of bananas. An exterminator was called to the store and began sealing the banana crates in an effort to stop the spider from escaping the shop grounds. Local reports have stated that the penny shop will likely stay closed until next week. A spokesman, I think we were going we to keep this place closed until we know everybody is flaccid again. A spokesman for the Ryu retail group said that the comprehensive cleaning and disinfection measures are now underway to prepare the store for reopening. But authorities added that, quote, despite an extensive search, no spiders have been found to date. The Brazilian wandering spider is one of the planet's most venomous spiders, and their bites can sometimes be fatal. After being bitten by one of these grisly creatures, victims will often suffer from hypothermia, blurred vision, convulsions, and in some cases, erections. The spider's venom is even being studied for use in erectile dysfunction. <laughs> of course, of course, I didn't get this far. Of course, after it was found that a bite from one of the spiders can give male victims painful four-hour erections be flicking their nuts afterwards to try to deflate a little bit they uh, spend most of their day hiding under logs or in the crevices and come out to hunt at night they eat insects other spiders and sometimes small amphibians reptiles and mice it's been reported that around 4,000 people are bitten by the arachnid each year with 0.5% of them leading to death the Brazilian wandering spider appears to be in the Guinness Book of World Records as one of the world's most venomous arachnids after the Sydney funnelweb spider. So, there's that. Now, I know what you're thinking with this one. An erection-causing spider, they may, it may be a big inconvenience if you need to be out in public. But um, don't be surprised if your male Democrat friends confess to you that they suddenly have been collecting spiders as, a, as pets or some kind of a hobby or whatever, because if you haven't noticed, I'm sure you haven't. Here's from the Daily Mail. Thought you were hard left? Rates of erectile dysfunction among U.S. men have nearly doubled to 30 million in recent years, data suggests, and progressive states are behind the rise. 
Roughly 30 million men have ED. This is sick. What's going on here? Um, it's concerning, obviously. But have you noticed on Instagram, on Twitter, places like that, there's more and more of these erectile dysfunction gums that they are advertising for 20 and 30-somethings? It's crazy. And, of course, they you know they, they sell it as if, oh, it's, it's nothing. It's nothing. You're... You know, your girlfriend's just waiting for a good time. She, this, this hot chick flicks a, a, a chiclet over to somebody and he starts chewing on it and you get the inference that they're going to be busy in a couple of hours. And what the hell? This is weird. And, of course, it ties in. I don't think it's like, you know, it's, it's part of the whole picture. There's a lot going on here. We always talk about what is contributing to declining birth rates and... And, uh, you know, sexual function declines and sperm count and all that stuff. Man, oh man. Let's see here. The number of men seeking treatment for erectile dysfunction has soared in recent years amid what some have described as a silent epidemic. Viagra, the little blue pill, is normally associated with old people. But the most recent... I don't know why this is making me weird. I'm feeling feeling a, a tingling... Something's going on. Uh, Let's see. But the most recent figures suggest an estimated 30 million American men now live with erectile dysfunction, nearly twice as many in the nearly 2000 in the near early 2000s. Around a quarter under 40s of under 40s, a quarter of under 40s though uh, are thought to struggle to get it up in bed which has been linked to a rise in obesity rates, poor mental health, and an overconsumption of pornography. Mm. Hmm. States where ED meds are most common, Hawaii, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Vermont, New York, Minnesota, Rhode Island, California, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey. Where they are least common, Utah, Idaho, Arkansas, South Dakota, Wyoming, Mississippi, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Kansas, and North Carolina. So the real question is why? Why? Um, why the hell is this happening? I guess we can go any number of routes on that one. But uh, I would say go and dig through everything that Jay Gulinello and I were talking about in, in like maybe the last three appearances he was on. Because within those last three appearances, we talked about testosterone. We talked about a lot of those things and how exercise and different ways to clean up your diet clean up everything the way you're eating drinking moving give yourself a shot outside of all the gums and the pills and it's probably part of the reason why we're getting so messed up anywho that's um that's what i had for you over there um we have plenty more to do now thank you so much for joining me this week We're going to jump right into it on the other side of the opening. So if you do me a favor, go on whatever socials that you're hanging out on and share this show. I would love to meet your friends, your families tonight, and uh, we're going to to go deep. And then we're going going to get your calls on the record, too. So that's what we're doing. Thank you so much. If you're on YouTube or on Rumble right now, please give me a hand. Give me a thumb. And hit that like button. It's a nanosecond, and it goes so far. It goes such a far way. Please help us give that a boost. 
on um, on both those platforms in particular. Switch over so you can like on the other place too, then go back to wherever you prefer, and we will be back in just a second. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate the company. We got a town with thousands of small stores and businesses. People who are working real hard. I think they should be working real hard for us. Because we are for the people. And if you ain't for the people, you can't buy the people. Lincoln. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! On a Monday night in now mid-August, it's always the middle of the month now. It's always the middle of the month. I'm happy to be here with you, and let's just get right into this, shall we? So as you know, if you want to contribute to the show outside of the outside of the phone calls, quite frankly, superchat.com or wherever else you have that. There's Rockfin tips. Go right at it. Now, I want to bring this up first and foremost. Are you ready? Here we have it. Taliban's massively successful opium eradication raises questions about what the U.S. was doing all along. Hmm. The Taliban government in Afghanistan, the nation that until recently produced 90% of the world's heroin, has drastically reduced opium cultivation across the country. Western sources estimate an, an up to 99% reduction in some provinces. This raises serious questions about the seriousness of U.S. drug eradication efforts in the country over the past 20 years. Eradication. They're eradicating the competition. And as global heroin surprise, supplies dry up, experts tell Mint Press News that they fear this could spark the growing use of fentanyl, a drug dozens of times stronger than heroin that already kills more than 100,000 Americans yearly. It has already been called the most successful counter-narcotics effort in human history. Armed with little more than sticks, a team of counter-narcotics brigades traveled the country, cutting down Afghanistan's poppy fields. In April of last year, the ruling Taliban government announced the prohibition of poppy farming. I am so tempted to say poopy farming, and not because I want to say it. It's because I've, I've already seen poopy in my head twice 
the the first P, I see the O part, and uh, and instantly, it's like judging a baseball pitch. You have that much time. Instantly, I have to say, no, Poppy, Poopy doesn't make sense. The ruling Taliban announced the prohibition of poppy farming, citing both their strong religious beliefs and extremely harmful social costs that heroin and other opioids derived from the sap of the poppy plant have wrought across Afghanistan. It has not been all bluster. New research from geospatial data company Alsis suggests that poppy production has already plummeted by around 80% since last year. Indeed, satellite imagery shows that in Helmand province, this is going to be very important to remember. In Helmand province, the area that produces more than half of the crop, poppy production has dropped a staggering 99%. Just 12 months ago, poppy fields were dominant, but Alsis estimates that there are now less than 1,000 hectares of poppy growing in Helmand. That is a huge reduction. Instead, farmers are planting wheat. They're helping stave off the worst of the famine that U.S. sanctions helped create. Afghanistan is still in a perilous state. However, with the United Nations warning that 6 million people are close to uh, starvation, or or, however, with the United Nations warning that 6 million people are close to starvation. The... um, this is the this is what got got me just off the bat because of course when we talked about leaving Afghanistan in 2021 August 21 I think that was it in August of 21 we're saying okay what makes sense about this they are making so much money off those poppy fields we learned that we were talking about at least a trillion dollars a year they're making so much money off of that field. What would is this really a retreat? You're leaving behind stacks of actual cash. You're leaving behind hundreds of millions of dollars worth of military equipment. You've 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 essentially left behind a mechan fully mechanized army and a small air force to the Taliban, and you have abandoned what has been the most one of the most profitable black ops that they have had going for that you know out of that faction of our government the untold faction of of our government one of those profitable operations that they've had in the last two decades have they they're handing all of that over to afghanistan is this like a sub a subleasing kind of a situation here take take all the the military stuff uh give us a cut of this but obviously not if this is being cut down this is a this goes against my all my 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 biggest th- theories and questions about how much power was really handed over, especially since you're talking about an economic crown jewel of you know covert operations was that that poppy field. Anyway, the Taliban waited until 2022 to impose a long-awaited ban in order to not interfere with the growing season. Doing so would have provoked unrest among the rural population by eradicating a crop that farmers had spent months growing. Between 2020 and late 2022, the price of opium in local markets rose by as much as 700%, yet given the Taliban's insistence and their efficiency at eradication, few have been tempted to plant poppies. The poppy ban has been matched by a similar campaign against the methamphetamine industry, with the government targeting the ephedra crop 
and shutting down uh, ephedrine labs across the country. And now they have a looming catastrophe. Afghanistan produces almost 90% of the world's heroin. Therefore, the eradication of the opium crop will have profound worldwide consequences on drug use. Experts Mint Press spoke to, uh, to spoke to um, spoke to warned that a death of a uh, dearth of heroin would likely produce a huge spike in the use of synthetic opioids such as fentanyl. Can you imagine that being having the world be so hooked on these drugs that we're talking about? It's a bad thing to destroy the heroin industry in Afghanistan. That that. That stands for 90% of the world's heroin consumption because the alternative is worse. That it, it, it doesn't actually, it's actually safer for people to be doing heroin than, than fentanyl. How messed up is that? Like what kind of a choice you have to make? Uh, it's important to consider past periods of heroin shortages and the impact that they have had on European drug markets. The European Monitoring Center for Drugs and Drug Addiction told Mint Press, adding that Experience in the EU with previous periods of reduced heroin supply suggests that this can lead to changes in patterns of drug supply and use. This can include further increase in rates of polysubstance used, uh, used among heroin users. Additional risks to existing users may be posed by the substitution of heroin with more harmful synthetic opioids, including fentanyl and its derivatives and a new potent uh, uh, benzene. Uh, benzi- I don't know, opiates, not benzi- opioids, I don't know how you say it. Anyway, in other words, if heroin is no longer available, users will switch to far deadlier synthetic forms of the drug. Now, now here's the thing. Back in 2014 or 15, I got to interview, who's now become a, a good friend of mine, really interesting guy and he's been written about in the in the media too he's has a couple of really interesting write-ups in men's magazines um he is a uh for i think air force special special forces he was one of the first boots on the ground in 2001 after september 11th his name is andy kubik and really interesting guy you can go look up his name i sent him this because it really goes back to what we were talking about Back in 2014, and uh, I said, "What do you think about this uh, this article about this all being reduced?" And he said, um, "He's a great article. Further supports my claims I've repeated on your show. Allegedly, members from the Yale's secret society, Cross and Bones, accept full faith and commitment to serve their God, God. That's gold, oil, and drugs." After my team secured Kandahar in December of 2001, we moved to Helmand province. In January 2002, supported the provincial leader, Sher Mohammed, who ran the whole province. Helmand is where most Afghan opium is grown. Uh, we were the first official American and British team in Helmand. We had a U.S. Army Special Forces team, a team of JSOC, Intelligence Support Agency, CIA, British Special Boat Squadron. The whole month we were in Helmand, we surveyed the land and took notes about prominent opium farms. We never did fight. We would return in May through October of 2002 to support Five Eyes Tier 1 Special Ops, mostly conducting raids and ambushes on competing opium farms throughout the Helmand. Not one of our missions was against Taliban or Al-Qaeda. Imagine using the nation's highest technical 
assets like NSA satellites, monitoring uh, cell phone traffic, then bordering Task Force 160 helicopters with national assets Tier 1 Special Ops equal to Delta Force and SEAL Team 6, but from Canada and New Zealand, not for revenge for 9-11. No, instead, to capture and kill opium farmers competing in Helmand. Uh, he, he goes on, because obviously that was prior to the invasion in Iraq. And um, uh, it's, it's prior to several great awakenings with him and his, uh, his brothers in arms. And we've, we've had plenty of very open conversations on this show about it. It's, it's staggering. And, the, and, the, and the, the money, the money is untold. What did he say it again? He said one lone, one lone drug war alone. He said one drug war alone is enough to fund the whole federal agency, a whole federal agency for generations to come. I mean, little, little lines like that he dropped on us for so, uh, for so long. I mean, this is something that you get. You, you read this, you might come across a headline like that and go, of course, we're, you know, the, the poppy fields. Yeah, well, oh, we know what we were doing out there. But the extent of it is incredible. And it also comes, it makes other questions, uh, you know, makes me question about exactly what the whole changing of the hands was about. Was it about, okay, we made enough? We made enough in Afghanistan? Is, is enough ever really enough? What is the real transfer of power really about out there was there one and is it really just about listen we have something to we need to uh gather all of our attention in eastern europe and we have to take care of things over there right now we're just packing up we're going to the next stop i don't know but this was this brought up a lot of things for me a lot of thoughts and i wanted to throw it out there so you guys and gals you let me know what comes up for you especially if you've been in the uh if you've been in the in the area. All right, so there's one other thing. Now we're gonna move into Hawaii. Now we move into Hawaii. So, like I said, the Hawaii hotline is not open tonight because I couldn't get Skype to, to work. Welcome back, Skype. But the mainstream, there's, there's very little that's changed with the mainstream reporting. It's a lot more of the same, you know, just lush countryside, now burnt to a crisp. I think they're reporting over 100 people dead right now, but I've seen some people out there uh, that are vlogging and stuff from from Maui who are saying, no, 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 they're, they're suppressing the number. We're talking about hundreds dead. Hundreds. That's just, that's just from independent sources, people who are vlogging from the area. They're, they're, they're Hawaiians. But there is an alternative side of things, noticing the, who are taking note of the exact same things that we started to see during the fires, like the ones in Paradise, California, and elsewhere, sites that make it seem like we're witnessing something more so along the lines of precision strikes instead of, you know, just indiscriminate chaos from a dry countryside and all that cars melted into a puddle but you have untouched trees right next to it confusing things like that and there might be a an, ex, a an explanation for it but these are the things that people latch on to now that we don't have to rely on just 
news helicopters from big corporate media giants where we're talking about people who are sending their own drones up, people who are going back into their neighborhoods and trying to make sense of the devastation, and they're posting their videos. We're getting a lot of that, and there's a lot of independent analysis of these unedited raw pieces of footage. So, um, you know, the, the car is melting. is great. People like Jim Lee, I got in touch with Jim. I said, Jim, what do you think about this? And he sees it, I think, uh, as of now at least, he, he sees it as something that's natural. And that could be um, that could be instigated by backdraft coming over the mountains. He used the word backdraft. I don't know. Maybe he's out there tonight. Perhaps he'll call in in the second half. Others are very interestingly enough pointing to Agenda 2030 initiatives to turn Maui into the first ever smart island of all the of all the uh, the smart city conversations we've had and things like that. Well, apparently Maui was um, in the running to become the world's first smart island, which would make this uh, fire a pretty definitive reset point for whatever the uh, the redesign is going to be. Our new friend, Matt, at Cultivate Elevate, he's been putting out some pretty interesting things, takes on his Instagram. I was talking to him beforehand, and I said I was going to play this tonight. So take a listen to this. Hawaiian fires. Now, I want you to look at this footage and this sure doesn't look like a fire to me. It looks like something almost exploded or something went off. Now, what's interesting is certain things are still standing while other things are not. Now, the governor did say this is climate change doing this. Interesting. What they don't talk about is in January how they had in Maui a smart city conference to turn Maui into an entire smart island, changing everything to electric, renewables, solar panels, and pushing everybody into electric vehicles. 15-minute smart cities. So now what's also interesting is next month in September, Hawaii is hosting the Digital Government Summit utilizing AI to govern the island. Hmm. It's almost like they're resetting something to start rebuilding for this in which they're trying to push. So, you know, and, and, and Matt, of course, when you put you put this out there, you're going to get a lot of pushback. Here's some of the comments underneath that, that video. Uh, this Auntie Pia says, stop spreading fear porn. A lot of people are doing that. Uh, this video looks exactly like a fire blew through the island. Why aren't you talking about the hurricane winds in the south and the pressure front on the north side of the island causing severe instability and wind gusts up to 70 miles per hour, which allowed the fire to spread a minute, a mile, oh, a minute per minute? You mean maybe a mile per minute? Uh, overwhelming everyone in its path. It's almost like you depend on spreading fear and suspicion to create and generate clicks. It's so wrong. I uh, so uh, you're seeing that. You're seeing that. Here's another. Um, I mean, I'm not saying I agree with you or don't agree with you. Says Lunik. All I know is that when I lived in California, they wanted to go build a high-speed railway. There was a lot of opposition in particular area. Funny, that entire area burned down in a fire started by the Forestry Service that grew out of control. So it's um, we are in an in, we're in an impossible position, as you may know, socially, where uh, there's a lot of people who just can't believe anything anymore, uh, and there's plenty of. There's plenty of things around us, especially things that we don't usually pay attention to. Not, not, I'm not a uh, meteorologist. I'm not an astronomer. I, couldn't be, I wouldn't be able to tell you what is normal and abnormal in the night sky. Um, 
unless you, you can become interested in it, you can start learning that. But every once in a while, something like this happens, and we, we, we click in with very, you know, whatever kind of crash courses we got in the past. Uh, when we were looking into PG&E over there in California, we also know that it, it, it just goes without saying. You can say, well, some people are just using this to get clicks, uh, to talk about conspiracy theories about directed energy weapons. But let's be honest, uh, Canada, most of Europe, all of these years, especially all of this year's most devastating fires, we have been turned into, they have been turned into by the media, by the people that we're supposed to trust and the people who don't spread conspiracy theories. The media always puts out about these fires that they are mask-worthy public health crises now. There's an air advisory, stay home. Now, uh, now listen, when, when the, the orange smoke from Canada was passing through our neck of the woods the, the couple of times that it happened over the last few months, uh, yeah, I did want to stay home, and I, and I stayed inside as much as I could because it physically hurt to be outside, burning your nose, burning your... It, it, it sucked. Um, but this is what they were doing. They used this to call all of this a new type of public health crisis. And there's going to be certain protocols of dealing with it on these bad air quality days. And then there is the 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 70,000 foot view, which is how do we take care of climate change? Whereas most of these fires in Canada and Europe these days, in the, the, the last couple of months, especially this year, have all been thoroughly investigated and invariably linked to so, you know, to to arson, to arson. Now, there, it's being, by the media, invariably linked to so-called now global boiling, you know? So, whereas some people will say, oh, you're just fear porn for looking at this from a conspiratorial standpoint, that, that we can possibly be getting set up for any kind of devastation that would force us into a new paradigm of living a new way of doing business in maui now that they have completely wiped the state the slate clean like they're like they're uh, you know shaking an etch-a-sketch out there it, it's like is it really so hard to to uh is it really that much of a stretch everything can't be a conspiracy like it's something that's just secret you know new world order level conspiracy you know, sometimes shit just does happen. That's that's true. Um, it's getting harder and harder to find that shit now that we are so hyper-aware and hyper-vigilant of the kind of monsters that are coming after us. And what are the things that some of these monsters come after us with? Non-stop climate change nonsense. It's not bad enough that a forest goes up in flames and that there's billions of dollars of, uh, of uh, death and destruction there and, and people, some people somewhere have to pick up the pieces. It's not enough. No, it's about taxing and deindustrializing the world until people just live at a lower state of, uh, of quality of life and eventually just go away altogether. And that, that's real. That is a real thing that is being pursued right now. Population reduction, deindustrialization, remaking the entire economic, the entire way that, that, that regional, national, and international governments work. It's all very real. It's all in the public. It's not masked anymore. So I don't get offended when somebody like Matt goes out there and puts some pieces together. I may not buy into it, at least not wholly, 
maybe partially. But I, I, I don't I don't understand why people get offended by this stuff. Obviously, uh, I'd be offended if somebody thought it was good that people are now homeless and dying. I'm not offended when people think that there might be something else behind the actual event that caused people to be homeless and dead. So what do you guys think about it? I'm going to lead that one up to you. It's 743 on that. Another really crazy thing, the Zell sent this my way, and I'm sure that you guys have seen it too. Just a little coinkadink. And it might just be a coincidence, or they just might move these people around like pedophile priests. Maui Wildfire's top cop, this is from the National Pulse, was Vegas shooter incident commander. John Pelletier, maybe that's how you say, Pelletier, the current chief of the Maui Police Department amid the ongoing Hawaiian wildfires, acted as the incident commander for the mysterious Las Vegas police mass shooting, the largest in American history, in 2017. He recently trained with the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Pelletier was, uh, has become the face of the Hawaii-based police department since being uh, elected chief in late 2021. Before that, he served 22 years in Las Vegas Police Department, rising through the ranks to become captain of the department. His contribution on the night of the mass shooting in 2017, which witnessed the deaths of some 58 people, has even been recognized in a book of effective crisis communication. So now he's out there um, in Hawaii. If it is just something that, hey, that's, that's, the, that's his, uh, the path of his career, just naturally took, he must think that he's got the worst luck in the world. Or he's the man fit for the job, the hard jobs. That's what I have there. You guys tell me what you think about that. All right, 7.45 p.m., 914 214-200-0269. We can go into... Let's try it. You know what? I'm going to give this a shot. Uh, John Otter is hanging out in the Gilded, and let's see if John unmutes and is able to successfully speak with me. We'll see. John, are you there? Three... To John. Hey, I'm here. Can wow. you hear me? Wow, yes, I can. We have another person. Hold on a second. Hold on. Can you hear me? I can. Go ahead, John. This is a, a, hey. a miraculous event. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Turn that off. Hello, hello. Hold on a second. Hold on. John, are you trying to check people's boxes? Okay. John is trying. Hey, anybody who, um, anybody who is doing the bingo, chat room bingo, that doesn't count. I know what John is doing. He is a big part in chat room bingo on Gilded, and he just tried to check several people's boxes. Okay, that doesn't count. I'm sorry. Anybody who just used their highlighter to check off a couple of boxes of stream in the background and all that other stuff, especially when John wrote the call-in rules. You're not getting those boxes. There's no, you don't. There's, that's not happening. 914-200-0269. 914-200-0269. Uh, call in. Let me know what you think about uh, tonight's, tonight's thoughts. Uh, Gino just says, much love, Francis. These damn fires have me all wrapped up today. I keep seeing all those similar ties to Lower Manhattan 22 years ago. Who knows? Keep up the great work and the fire, Cashman. Hey, you know, I know what you're talking about. I know. 
there was a lot of I still nobody has been able to successfully explain to me how cars parked along the street in lower Manhattan in 2001 on September 11th were literally burned to a crisp melted melted in spots on one side of the where the other side is fine very strange I know I see the same things too and everybody has an explanation uh let's see 808 808 yeah hello hello from Hawaii huh correct okay so Hawaii what's where are you right now are you are you anywhere are you on Maui uh no I'm actually on the big island okay so I've got a lot of friends out in Maui but um I haven't been hearing a whole lot from people we've got a lot of uh disturbances with the uh cell towers and all that lately so it's kind of kind of weird but, um, okay, so then anyway, as far, yeah, um, okay, go at ahead. first I wasn't thinking there was a whole lot to this because the management out here, the uh, state government, is crap. Like it's, I've been out here for like 15 years, and um, if you want something done out here, you just do it within the community. So at first I wasn't thinking a whole lot about it, but the reality is we still have people wearing masks from COVID. So, okay. You know what I mean? So, I mean, well, that would be a little bit of a uh, glimpse into maybe the, the mindset of the people that live around you. But as, as far as, as far as uh, what has, so what you're saying is that you have a little bit more suspicion as to how much of this is really just an, a natural occurrence of dry. Well, Dryness so and high could, winds. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. no, I'm just I'm just trying to get to what your your main point is. Well, the point is, uh, I like with everything the government does and the um, WEF and all that, and the you know the elements that uh, tie over. It's Hawaii is actually very much an epicenter of all that. So. There's a lot of things going on with big money out here, so mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me um, for that to happen. But at the same time, the error level out here is so thick. I mean, they brought mongoose out here to kill rats. The mongoose stay awake during the day. The rats stay awake at night. So now the mongoose are killing the birds, the native birds. It, it's just foolish shit that happens on the regular. So the ineptitude level like this could be something that you know greater minds would take full advantage of mm. okay you know that's all i'm saying I, i'm not saying so that the, it's not a yeah. uh, a plot but i'm also saying that i've never like you no i, you I know, get what you're saying I get, and then they leave because there's no real infrastructure right like, I, 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 get, I get i get what like, you're saying you're saying that whereas you know whereas I mean? you're not ready to commit to or, or not ready to go all in on this has been done to us there is also uh, something a, a certain level of um uh i don't know of incompetence on a statewide level that you you can't discount for this to really just be a perfect storm of mistakes and bad people to and, and bad crews of people that have been tasked with uh you know taking care of severe situations like this that are just wholly inept correct okay so How well, I, it wouldn't surprise me bro like i you know the whole thing that happened in paradise in uh, california 
you know, they, that, there's a lot to that. And I don't know. Like, when I first saw the fire, you know, like I was came into work Monday morning and my, you know, client guy was like, did you hear about Maui? So this is, you know, it's still kind of fresh with everything. All I'm saying is that we have a population that is so passive. Like, everything out here is almost like a test of conformity. Well... You, you know. when you send when you when you send that Hirono woman to the Senate every six oh, years God, no that was not me bro yeah well it's <laughs> it's, all, it's all your fault now well listen thank you for the call I, I think we have a couple more Hawaii callers calling in so I want to get to some yeah, more yeah thank you for this all right there you go um let me go to let me see who's that where's that other guy that just called in I'm gonna call him back we're gonna call this guy Hold on, he's good. I'm calling somebody back. I see the same area code. Aloha. Hey, hey, it's Frank. Who's this? Hey, Frank, it's, this is Mark Thomas. Hey, what's going Thomas on, Mark? Yeah, yeah, I, I saw the 808 area code. I didn't want to I didn't want to miss out on you, so I called you back here. I hope you don't mind. Hey, Frank, awesome. <laughs> Long-time long listener. Well, it's great to have you on. So, so I just wanted to give you the floor a little bit. Um, what are you thinking? What are your friends and family thinking? And are are you anywhere? Are you anywhere close to the uh, the affected area? No, I'm on the South Point Big Island Kau, uh, but I have family, friends, all living there. My son, um, my son's mother-in-law lost her condo, uh, and I can't get a hold of any of my friends from the West Side. Uh, Lahaina's your close place to me also oh bro uh but um i've been watching meticulously all the feeds on on the internet and everything i can find ever since this started um three different platforms you know um well yeah, listen, let me ask you this yeah. mark let me ask you this um are you as a hawaiian are you a uh, are you offended by people who are theorizing about what may have uh, alternatively could, could be the culprit for what's going on here, and if it has any ulterior motive for uh, you know d- d- who gets to win the contract for rebuilding uh, Maui into a, a, a fully digitized AI run government island? What, what, do you, are you offended by that or or what? No, not at all. Uh, what this, what's happening now is just—it's like paradise fire on steroids, and the news is catching up faster than ever before to expose exactly. All you have to do is look at the aerial first aerial photographs and the burnt-out cars and the, the temperature it takes. I mean, there's science involved. 80, 80 mile an hour, even 150 mile an hour winds cannot produce this kind of fire with such devastation in such a short amount of time without any advance notice to the people and yeah there are thousands dead there are i've got friends you think oh around. you th- you think it's thousands huh oh yeah oh yeah well they've only they've only searched three percent they say of the five they have a five mile five square mile cordoned off it's a, it's a crime zone it's, a, it's off limits the, the main epicenter is uh, five square miles and FEMA and the cops are keeping everybody out of there um, and they need to it's a toxic waste it's it's all disasters in one and and none of it makes sense scientifically <laughs> and you look at where the epicenter is um, yeah the proof is in the pudding and the pudding's all over the place oh my god it's like 
the, the fire swept so quickly and it, it popped up everywhere, everywhere electrical lines were and everything that was connected to the grid. Um, and then you've got pukas of places in between everywhere that didn't get touched at all. You know, green grass, coconut trees, lush foliage next to a completely melted car. You know, that, Mark, do you see, that's something where someone like me with, a, you know, I'm an untrained eye. It just defies common sense to see something, a force that can bring a, a car down to its frame. And then right next to it, right next to it, there is green grass or an untouched palm tree. It's like, wait a second, there was that, how could, how could that kind of heat be generated just feet away from just this, this, this bush and have nothing going, I mean, it seems like a precision, when, when somebody sees that and they don't have at least anything else to hold them into context or tether them to some sort of a, uh, an understanding of the of of you know uh, I don't know, I guess weather. It looks like a precision weather uh, a precision weapon being used, especially when you see like in little openings some K's and bays and all that stuff, and you have boats that are out on the water that are you know dozens of yards away from the mainland that is all on fire that are suddenly burning. I mean, obviously you can have if these winds are really seventy miles an hour. I guess it can bring, it can bring uh, embers and anything else, and it, it must be like a blowtorch over there. Perhaps it could uh, travel uh, uh, over the water and, and get uh, boats, you know, all, you know, singed within a certain amount of uh, a distance from the. But it's just, it's just, it seems unlikely for somebody that doesn't know. Well, that's, that's the whole thing. It's not scientifically possible without a micro beam, a microwave, microwave, the the, the dew weapons, the. Oh, it's just, uh, and they, those those weapons create wind. I mean, the boulder fire, it, 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 the wind comes up because of the heat, and it it burns out trees and it melts things because it's it's plasma weapon. It's a plasma weapon. It's microwave technology, and it's all there is to it. The evidence is on the ground, and now they're 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 wiping up the evidence. I know they're doing good jobs too, but collecting bodies properly and identifying. I mean, it's a crematorium. It's a five-square-mile crematorium, for God's sakes. It's literally obliterated to powdered ash. Well, uh, and yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I've, I've read I've, I've read a good deal about it, but I'm glad you called in. Uh, Mark, thank you. And, of course, as, as this goes on, for however long it is relevant in the media, because you know one day it'll the, the coverage will just stop, and then it's just going to be up to the people of Maui to, to, just, to deal with what's going on there. The coverage will just be turned off like you flick a switch and the, the lights go out. So for as long as we're, we're talking yeah. about that, anything new, anything interesting, especially once the coverage stops, just please uh, feel free to, to send it over to us, and, and thank you for the call. Thank you, Frank. All right, man. Mahalo. Aloha. Be well. There you go. And that, that take, that's for everybody else, too, who's out there, too. Um, yeah, good call. All right. Uh, 7.58, we're going to take a break. When we come back from intermission, more calls. So write it down, 914-200-0269. And, um, and then we're, gonna, we're just going to bring you on. We're going to go to your Super Chats, and we'll pull you guys in. We'll talk about the, the, the plane lady.
which I've had enough of this almost. I've, I've almost had a, a, enough of this. We're getting, we're getting yanked. We're getting yanked around, all right? So write the phone number down. We'll be taking your calls in just a few minutes. Don't go anywhere. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. Welcome to intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Quite frankly. 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 Quite frankly, how dare you? And just to gigolo, gigolo, and everywhere I go, gigolo, people know the part I'm playing. You know, I might have told you this story once before, but when we were in, I think, like sixth, seventh grade, we, uh, when we were all, we were all, we started this, this, this game to see who could, who could flirt the most with the girls. And every time you flirted with a girl, you got, we said, you know what, we should, because we, gigolo was a, uh, we like to throw that word around. We wanted to be gigolos. Then again, we didn't didn't know it's not necessarily the best the best existence. You're pretty much just like a slave. You're just an escort. Um, but we just thought it was just somebody that that uh, that had a lot of luck with 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 girls. So every time we made up this fake disease called gigolitis, and uh, every time you, it was actually kind of disgusting. Every time you flirted with a girl, or you said you did, or anything like that, you scored a point. You just put like a with a pen. You just put a just a, a dot on your finger, or somewhere. And then every time you just put a dot in, it, it almost looks like you start getting chicken pox after a while. And it's just like you know your jiggleitis is just getting out of control. It's like you know how oh he's been flirting with girl. Oh I would. And then you, everybody just starts cheating. And they just put no. I did. I had the best day. So the jiggleitis got out of control. Several people died. 
And um, yeah, I don't talk about that time in my life. 1996 was rough. All right. I ain't got nobody. Okay, so let's see. Let's go to the super chat. See how everybody's feeling, huh? Huh? First one up after the last one was Smelly Weasel 23 says, Whenever Sail Away by Enya plays, I yell, This song F's, and I crank it to 11. Sail Away? That's not called, it's called Sail Away. That's called Orinoco Flow. Orinoco Flow by Enya. And you're right. It does slap. It slaps. I'm sorry. It makes me feel good. Yes. Come on. That doesn't chill you out? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, see, well, anyway. Um, I'm with you on that one. It has a good feeling. It makes you feel good inside. All right. Thank you, Smelly Weasel. I hope you enjoyed that. Don't worry when I have my office set up all uh, ready to go and I'm able to do impromptu weekend nights. Some of those nights we will be able to do, you know, classic call-in music shows. I won't be able to do that on YouTube or anything like that, but I would like to play to play uh, VJ, DJ a little bit. Revolution says, although I've tried to stay engaged via Gilded, email, and whatnot, I've really, uh, really remiss in supporting the show with the Super Chats. Sorry about that. Life's been mad, mad busy, keeping me from the live shows mostly, listening to you the day after. Don't worry about that, Rev. I'm glad that you're just out there hanging out with us, whatever time suits you. And thank you, StoveStube, who just sent in a Super Chat on, quite frankly, superchat.com. Great, great. Great group of people that are hanging out on Rumble. Let's see what the rants say. First one is from Jay Semo. says, I, I finally started reading Liam Sheff's book, Official Stories. What can we believe the government or science uh, tells us? I don't know. I don't know. And I still would love to do a night. It can't be on a, a 7 o'clock show, though, because it's too long. But from his Official Stories book, the Scarlet Letter chapter on AIDS. To read it now after living through COVID, from the testing, to the experimental drugs, to the media coverage, to the people who ran the whole damn thing from soup to nuts, uh, i.e. Fauci. He's a big part of it. It is incredible. It's incredible. How expendable children are to them. How politics and power is is supreme over any kind of real public health crisis or keeping people safe. It uh, it really makes you wonder. Prior to 2020 is one of those things where like, hmm, that's something to consider, but I don't know, that's a stretch. Could, could AIDS really have totally been a PSYOP? Really? I don't know. And then all of a sudden we, we lived through COVID. I'm like, I'm going to reread that again. One night we'll do it but I can't do it on here because it's too long. It's too long of a, uh, of a chapter. Salion says, love the show always regarding bingo. Taking a piss is also an expression that means mocking someone or something or joking around. Well, 
I think that uh, that John then John Otter went and checked several boxes tonight, but I have voided them all. They're all talking about it in the Gilded right now. I have voided them all. I don't know. Maybe he was really just having technical difficulties, but it just didn't. Something I smelled a rat. Something happened there. Robert Sarns, thank you. And the number is two one nine one four two hundred zero two six nine. Call in about whatever we've discussed so far. Afghanistan, anything in the opening, and of course, right now with all the Hawaii stuff. Uh, mean one bear says, or just cookie it. This is on Foxhole. Thank you, Sean Joe River Pike. Thank you, Paulie nine three six three. Jigalitis. Nowadays we call it monkeypox. How dare you? This is a lot more of a prestigious disease. Okay, none of that, none of that mpox stuff. Be politically correct. It's mpox, right? One of the greatest things the UN ever did was make sure nobody was offended by the use of monkey. Here we go, John. How are you, Frank? I'm doing, doing okay, sir. Welcome to the show. Hey, what do you think? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So, just had a comment about this fire in Hawaii, mm-hmm. supposed fire. All right. So, as if the Las Vegas, uh, the person in charge of the Las Vegas shooting, as if that isn't odd enough. How about Biden saying today that they are laser focused on Hawaii? That's what he said? That's what he said. It's impossible to be a coincidence. There's no fucking way that's an accident. That is purposeful. You mean just the use use of the word laser? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Come on. What are the the chances that that's the opening words in his statement today is that they are laser-focused? On Hawaii, you know the other thing there too. Obviously, the death toll. Uh, I mean, we don't know. We uh, w- the in the immediate death toll has to be a lot lot higher than what people are are hoping and praying is not going to be long term health effects of everything that was being huffed out there in Ohio with the train derailment months ago. But to to, to think to think about just the the response, the laser focus. I mean, ju- ju- the fact that he responded within seventy two hours of this being a major story is incredible, given how hands-off and, uh, you know, uh, how they uh, avoided this thing out there in Ohio for so long earlier on in the year. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And then he comes out with this. He has no comment to any of the reporters, but the only thing that's said is that how they're laser-focused on, on, on the aid that they're sending to Hawaii. Hmm. And, I heard, and I heard a 500... I heard they're thinking like 500 kids because of them sending them home from school. Wow. That they, that they sent the kids home from school because of the high winds and knowing that the parents weren't going to be home. That's what, that's what I've been reading on the boards the last few hours was that the people are, are freaking out, and that's why there's this lid on any information coming out of there because they don't want people really understanding just how bad it is that they're afraid of a riot. Hmm. Well, well, listen. Uh, I, I keep keep me uh, keep me abreast because there's certain things. Obviously, you are uh, you, you're you're dialed in. I'm trying to stay as dialed in as I can while well, you know, producing some other things going on over here. So I love taking these calls. Thank you for that. anything else you want to leave with us with John. No thanks, Frank. Oh. It's um, an honor, sir. Thank you. All right, thank you. Take care. Uh, there's John. The line is still open. Nine one four two zero 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 two six nine. Plenty. Plenty to be said. Now, um, in the meantime, 
I just want to throw this out. Just want to say it. About the girl from the plane. Now, last week we got a very interesting thing. Very interesting thing. All of the media out there that I could find, everyone from the Blaze to the New York Times and everything in between, outside, down, up, whatever, they were all very um, breaking, very enthusiastic about breaking the news about what the plain lady who saw the MF that doesn't exist, what her name was, a name that we had already had a month prior. I said, okay, why is this happening? We got a name now that they're pushing around. It's breaking when it's not. Uh, we've got a line of work. We've got a ha- picture of her house. She's being doxxed in such weird ways. Picture of the house, appraisal of the house. What the hell is this? She didn't have a bomb. She just had a, a rough go of it. I mean, there's been people who have done much worse on planes. I mean, w- w- where is the doxing of that uh, that woman that was uh, swinging around inside of the, the plane, screaming, climbing on everybody's... Uh, seats that was like a two weeks after like what's going on with that one this one just walked off before they took off and um but of course the reason why it got so incredibly popular is because she's pointing and trying to draw attention to something that is an imminent shape-shifting danger to not only everybody on the plane but to her personally and that's what I was. That's what has really been the intrigue here. Well, now she has come forward, and uh, it looks like the old address that that I was texting with. But she's back using the same face, the same default picture, and uh, and of course racking up quite a healthy following. Got a whole website now too. It's Tim, uh, TiffanyGomez.com. She's going all in on it. All right, here is the the first thing that she put out there. First of all, here is another um, new bit of footage of the body cam of her being being spoken with at the airport when she got taken off. And she's still going about how she's concerned for the people on the plane, their lives. So listen to this. Don't let that plane leave. So she's still going outside. She's still going. All right. Now, here is a response that she put out. It's definitely her. Her hair's down, but, you know, whatever. Um, Listen to this. Hi, everyone. It's me, Tiffany Gomez, probably better known as the crazy plane lady, which is completely warranted. As you know, I have been unwilling to speak on the viral video, but I do finally feel that it's time. First and foremost, I want to take full accountability for my actions. They were completely unacceptable. Pause. Why were they unacceptable? (laughs) Why were they unacceptable? If you thought that there was a real threat to the safety of you and everybody on the plane, I think a little bit of freaking out uh, is totally acceptable. Even if you're talking about the use of profanity, she goes on to apologize for the profanity. That there's children on the plane, 
Okay, but what what were you what happened? Are you apologizing for being inebriated? Were you drunk? Were you on drugs? Were you just you know were you nervous to be on the plane? Your doctor gave you some Xanax. You get you took too much. You got loopy. What happened? She talks for two minutes. Doesn't say anything, which is why this is getting a little bit obnoxious. And um, and yeah. Distressed or not, I should have been. I should have been in control of my emotions. Why weren't you? That's very noble that you would admit that you were not in control of your emotions. That's refreshing, but um, why weren't you? And that was not the case. Why? Well, because I was looking at a shapeshifter, and the guy next to me back there. You know, he's just a. Uh, why? My use of profanity was completely unnecessary, and I want to apologize to everyone on that plane, especially those that had children aboard. Can't imagine going through that and trying to explain to your kid what in the world just happened. You can explain to them right now. I saved you children from a really bad situation. There was an interdimensional bloodthirsty terrorist on the plane and I had to bring attention to it. Or you can just say, I was on drugs. Say something. We all have our bad moments. Um, some far worse than others, and mine happened to be caught on camera for the whole world to see multiple times. Sorry, trying not to sound like Minnie Mouse. I, I, you know who's going to do a video on this, and I'll be on the lookout for it. Bombard's body language. She's going to definitely do a video on this. Two minutes, doing the the Mickey Mouse voice. The um, what you call like the same kind of the same kind of body language I'm, I I got from uh, Blasey Ford with the Kavanaugh hearings. Um. Well, it has been really comical for everyone, um, and I have highly enjoyed so many of the memes. On the flip side, it is very invasive and unkind. And I don't know what I would do without the love and support of my friends and family. So she goes on for another 45 seconds and says absolutely nothing. So who were you pointing at? Why did you lose control? I'm just starting to think that everyone now is in on this. The only thing that no one cares about, the only thing that everyone seems to not care about is the MF that isn't real. So your behavior was what? If you thought there was a threat to a plane, I mean, that, that's what I'm talking about here. And then you go to her, uh, her, her Twitter account, and, you know, she has nearly 100,000 followers in a couple of hours. And who's she following? The talk. Official stomp out. Bull so all the anti-bullying. Tim Pool, Lex Friedman. Jordan Peterson. The Hodge twins. Joe Rogan. So she, she's about to get... She's about to get... Um, mainstream alternative media processed you know the alternative media well there's a mainstream in the alternative media and she's about to get processed through all of that stuff right there i don't know who's going to pick her up first but uh, uh it, it should be a 15 minute long interview 15 minute long interview there is a core set of questions that need to be asked and then it's all over it's all over
Um, they, so the, the timing on that is crazy, just like the the Barack Obama timing. I don't know if you guys have been seeing this here too. I'm going to start taking some calls after this. I'll take a really quick break and then more calls to end. But you've seen the Barack Obama uh, uh, biographer timing. I got it up over here, too, just in case we got around to it. It's uh, why the hell not? Because it's all the same thing. Barack Obama told X, I make love to men daily. But in the imagination, a letter shows. Former President Barack Obama was uh, wrote on his own androgynous mind. And making love to men daily. But in the imagination, according to the redacted portion of a now notorious 1982 letter obtained by The Post. The more than 40-year-old letter to an ex-girlfriend recently resurfaced after Obama biographer David Garrow gave a long-winded interview on the one-time commander-in-chief. Uh, I re- in regard to homosexuality, I must say that I believe that it is an attempt to remove oneself from the present, a refusal perhaps to perpetuate the endless farce of earthly life. You see, I make love to men daily, but in my imagination. Obama, then 21, wrote to Alex McNear in November 1982. It's, um... See, this is one of the bigger things that's always leading... It was probably always leading to afterwards... What does this really lead to? You think it's what? what? What's going to happen? Seriously. Um, he, he can be coy and just not talk about it. Or he can embrace it. And still, it's just going to move the, acceptan- the acceptance needle further in only one direction. And it's just, I think this was always probably part of the play for him later in life. To say, oh, look, you know, two gay men were in the White House the whole time. You didn't even know it. See, was that so bad? And Yes, it was. Yes, it was, but um, probably just part of the stipulations for being selected for the post, if you ask me, and uh, I don't even think it would be that much of a shock. Still, still, timing. Why now? Why are all these things happening right now? Very strange. All right, let's take a call. All right, hello, caller, you're on the air. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. Who's this? This is Zulu. Zulu, welcome to the show. What do you got? On, what do you got for us tonight? Yeah, I'm just calling about Hawaii, man. The um, <clears throat> well, you know the history of Hawaii and the United States overthrew Hawaii. Okay, I just want to throw that out there for everybody who's listening. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, you know the Marines went in and took over <laughs> and just took Hawaii from the people there, the native Hawaii. And the second thing I want to talk about is the response to the fire. You know, Hawaii has one of the most advanced early warning, like tsunami hurricane system in the world. And it, it wasn't even activated. You know, the people was not even notified about the fires. Okay? You know, I saw something about that, Zulu. I saw something about that earlier on today. That, that That's another thing that people have been saying is very strange, that this is something that rarely ever misses a beat, and suddenly everybody was left with, with almost no warning. Yes, yes. It, it, that's, that, that's for a reason, see. You can understand, too, that a lot of celebrities own land in Hawaii. Oprah Winfrey, she owned thousands of acres there. Uh, Bill Gates owned land there. Uh, Zuckerberg owns land there. Roseanne Rock has Ob- Roseanne's land is on the main the main island. I, I she has it out there still. Yeah, but Barack Obama has land, has a house there. So it, it's a lot going on there in Hawaii. But see, the area that was burnt, we need to find out where the fire started, see? And you notice the response, the relief response, there are so many military bases there in Hawaii, 
You got now on the news. You got to see that none of the military, the Red Cross, the FEMA, no one is going to the aid of the people there in Hawaii. You don't see that at all on on the main mainstream media. It's getting no no type of relief are being given to the people. Hmm. You know, they had Oprah Winfrey there giving out pillows. You know, Jeff Bezos offered a hundred million dollars. You see, it's, it's something very underlying that's, that's operating there right now. So, people need to be aware. So, when you when you think of see, it, it, regardless of how this all started, it does. Um, it is true when you look into it that especially the island of Maui itself. It was in the running for all of these these newer technology. Not only just uh, how to become a, a smart island, just like they're trying to do smart cities all over the place. We know Wuhan was the first big smart city out there, but the smart island yeah. there. They even talked about bringing AI in to assess yeah. the to assess the damage and perhaps have AI assist with the rebuilding of of these these sections of Maui. After everything is said and done, uh, regardless yeah. of you know this, this could be totally natural. Maybe it did was natural and got out of control, but it is. Uh, it's easy to see that there's a bunch of natural at all. They had a ring around, a ring of fire. See the guy you just talked to that mentioned about the direct energy weapon. See, it, it was definitely some uh, uh, AI high tech involved in creating that fire. You see, see the fire department didn't even respond. To the fire, they just they just let it burn. You know, I mean, they created the fire. I mean, the fire department didn't try to put the fire out. See, the fire didn't start in the community. The fire started like in the in in the bush. You know, in the, in the dry area. Then moved to the community. You got to look at the satellite pictures. See, a lot of like the big hotels there, the big industry type uh, buildings. They was not even touched by the fire. Okay. So you're talking about just uh, it, it's remarkable to watch the countryside go up. You're talking about right where the natives live. See, right. and then you got to look at the natives don't have insurance. Okay, these people don't have a lot of people houses got burnt don't didn't have insurance. You see, mm-hmm. they, you understand? So yeah. they say they say State Farm is the biggest insurer there on the island too. Okay, so. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot there to think about, and uh, and you know, the plenty of plenty of points that have to either be uh, countered or, or, uh, or or whatnot. It's just, there's there's a lot. Zulu, thank you for the call. First time caller. It's it's good to hear from you. Yeah, I'll be checking you out, man. I appreciate you, man. Well, are you out? You're not out there in Hawaii, though. I've been there. I'm I'm in Alabama. Oh, okay. All right, well, well, I'll be on the lookout for you. There's only one person who calls in. His name is Zulu. So I'll see you again. I'm sure. Okay, man. Knowledge protects ignorance and dangers, okay? All right, man. Have a good one. You too. That's it. Uh, yeah, you can also say, well, well, you know, it's a disaster. And maybe someone like Oprah Winfrey and, uh, and this one and that one who has land out there, and they definitely have plenty to spare. They can go and, hey, people are in need. Here, take some extra money. Here's some of our crews, this and that. But you know, uh, it's there. It's the people that they're in with. It's the the NGOs that they're in with. It's the it's the global initiatives that they're down with. It all seems like through these very decentralized. Well, you know, celebrities are decentralized, walking economic juggernauts that help push all these same kinds of things. 
the, whether it be climate change initiatives or AI governance and smart cities and uh, passports, one thing or another, it's um, I, again, people's meter, their bullshit meter goes up. It's, it's not that any place that has just got pummeled by a hurricane or a wildfire or whatever would not take help wherever the hell they can get it. And help definitely pours in. But um, there's going to be a lot of people watching this area, very discerning about who offers to, um, to be part of the, the major thrust of the rebuild. Let's take another call. This one is also 808. This is Hawaii. Hello, who's this? Hey, Frank, it's Sean. Sean, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. Yeah, so are you still talking about the fire? I'm sorry. Oh, I yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it, it's, the show. it's open end. Go ahead. Awesome. Okay. First of all, I really appreciate your show. It's, it's, it's truly amazing. Thank you. And as far as the fire goes in Maui, um, I think it's just purely mismanagement of all the resources that they had. You know, it's um, it's really unfortunate with all the death and destruction that that fire has caused. But the fire originally started from people that I trust. It started as a small brush fire. It was extinguished, but not completely, and it was left unattended. Fortunately, you know, big winds came through, and it just caught everything on fire. And with with the amount of wind and and at like pretty much hurricane force winds that, that headed down towards Lahaina. You know, it broke power line poles. It it um, blocked access for crews to get down and do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And it just started burning everything. And there's nothing that they could do. You know, there, there, you know, there's uh, there's a, a lot to be said about that as well. Um, whether or not, uh, again, was this? Did you need? Did you need a uh, directed energy weapon from uh, from you know low Earth orbit to get this started, or is it really just a uh, a perfect storm of really ripe conditions and bad management? All of the, all of what we've seen in uh, most of what we've seen in California, especially from the last few years, we have learned all uh, the, the the Pacific Coast fires that we've seen raging all throughout there has been because we have these ridiculous Agenda 2030 initiatives that do that prohibit uh, from uh, state crews from doing uh, sufficient controlled burns and clearing out brush and all that other stuff because they just want to let the uh, the land go back to the way it was before man early man arrived on the scene and um, and and because of that when the dry season comes around this stuff goes gets out of control it gets out of control quick and and from there the pivot is always oh well it's climate change when it's really just bad management and they can use that that destruction for whatever the hell they want because of course they own much of the media they are the government they are the ngos they are the 501c3s and they can just take what is going to be an eventual a disaster that you can you can bet all your money on is going to happen eventually they can just spin it any way they want and create it into you know turn it into a uh, an initiative that they can control and money that can be raised through through however many means i mean if and um I think it was in 2017 that we got yeah. some really interesting numbers from the, the government. I, w- I forget which bureau or what agency brought it about, but they said uh, they even had to admit in 2017 that 90% of wildfires are by human 
human mistake, you know, either bad exactly. management, bad yeah. management, a, a, a road flare, a cigarette, whatever like that. And much of the last 10% is just natural, where you have the, the natural cycle of rejuven, rejuvenation through lightning and, and all that other stuff. So it's, uh, and you're, you're always, you're, it's like a battle of narratives above everything else. Of course, there's the science and there's the, the forensics mm-hmm. underneath it all, but we're always battling through narrative. So um, that's 100% what I believe it happened, as far as I mean by bad management. So up, upwind of that fire, basically, where it started, um, it was all pasture land um, a decade ago. And the people wanted it, like you said, to return back to nature and natural and let everything grow up, and it creates a fire hazard. And we just got offline of a fire um, on the, the northwest side of this island, the big island of Hawaii, and it's the same thing. This ranch area is, is a really wealthy community, and they used to have free-range cattle in the area, and it would keep the grass down around all the houses. They want the cows out because they said the cows spread disease and they're dangerous. I guess a drunk driver hit one and died, so get rid of the cows. Now the grass grows up and it becomes a fire hazard. Next thing you know, fire's at the doorstep. So what do you think? Oh, yeah. Well, and, and then, of course, what, what, uh, it's obvious what uh, what comes next. Um, it was the cow's fault. We have to kill the cows, and we have to get rid of them. It's the, the you know, it's just no, it. Well, they're, they're blaming it on global warming. <laughs> it got rid of the cows because they, they didn't want the cows there, and then the grass grew up, and now it's global warming. Yeah. Well, well you understand. It, it was the, cow, the cows farting in the first place is what made the— That's the, right. <laughs> It made the global the globe warm. That was the you know what came first, the cow or the fart. It's just one, it's just one of those things you got to answer constantly with these people. I appreciate yeah. your call. This is a good one. I appreciate it a lot. I really do. I'm sorry, man. I, I wish I was a little less nervous. I have so much I could say, but maybe I'll write into you. And I'll send you an email. Oh well, if you were nervous, it didn't come across very uh, very much. You. You uh, you contributed nicely, and I hope you call in more often. If anything breaks, obviously, like I said before, we're going to be following the story for at least a little while longer. There still has media legs on it, so um, keep in touch. All right, Frank, uh, my daughter wants to say hi to you. Can she say hi real quick? Absolutely. What's her name? Hi. Who's this? Leah. Uh, Leah. Who? Le- Alia? Leah. 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 What, what are you what, what are you doing tonight? You just watching the show with Dad? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. So how old how old are you, Leah? Good. No, how old? How old are you? Oh, seven. Seven. When do you turn eight? September twenty eighth. Are you serious? You're a September baby. Yeah. Yeah. So your birthday's coming up soon. You're going to be eight. Yeah. My daughter, my daughter, she's going to be three in September. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So do you know what you're doing for your birthday? Mm. No. <laughs> do you, so, Leah? Do, do you do you know how to surf? Does everybody know how to surf out there in Hawaii? Can you surf waves, Leah? <laughs> Does. All right, Frank, we'll let you get back to the show. I said, answer me! <laughs> I said, answer me! <laughs> All right, thank you for the call, okay? All right, you take care, man. See Bye. you later. Bye. Bye. I was trying to get some information out of here. I wanted to know if she was a surfer. How dare she not answer? 
Doesn't she understand? This is live radio. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Let's see. Let's take another call. 903, you're on the air. Who's this? Um, hi, Frank. This is Lisa from Texas. Lisa, welcome you? to the show. Good to have you on. I just thank you so much. I'm I'm um, listening to you as I work and as I bake for my clients. So. Oh, what, wait, 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 to, wait, 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 wait. Uh, you yeah, said we said while fun. you wait, wait, hold on. You said while you bake for your clients. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a pastry chef. So wait, wait, wait. You've called in before. I work. You've called in before, right? I have. I have. I remember this. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, that's good memory, Frank. Well, I just really quickly, I'm just going to add a tidbit that I haven't heard mentioned regarding the Hawaii thing. I'm no expert on it, and um, and I don't know what happened. But um, I did hear on the last American Vagabond show, he kind of reluctantly did a, sh- did a show about it a, uh, maybe two days ago. And he, he actually found, he said, I don't want to, you know, try to say things that we can't prove. But he said one thing we can prove is that Maui has a directed energy weapon research center on Maui. Hmm. So anyway, it might be worth uh, a little look into. He has great links to all his information on his uh, show notes. And um, anyway, that might be an interesting thing. To, I haven't had time because I'm working 16 hours a day. So yeah, no, <laughs> all I can do is listen right now. That would be, uh, yeah, that would that'd be interesting to look into. Of course, you know, yeah. the, that would be the most obvious thing in the world to say, hey, well, we have a, a center over here. And therefore, boom. Maybe it got a little out of control. Or maybe. Day. I don't know. And, I, you know, uh, I think the first thing I thought about when I heard about this going, popping off, is, oh, oh, you remember, uh, you know, not too long, it was probably in late winter when we were talking about the the earthquakes in Turkey, which, you know, some, most people would call us conspiracy theorists for thinking that the, uh, that, um, that, uh, the, the, that Turkey uh, popped off and that... I mean, you remember what we did with uh, with Brooks Agnew? Yeah. I should probably ask him about that on Monday when he comes back on. That was around the same time that we started noticing that the that the, some island on in that uh, archipelago mm-hmm. over there was um, was being painted with mysterious green laser beams, and uh, it, I think that people said it was Chinese, and it was uh, a, a little disconcerting at the time. But there was no fires then, so you know. Th- Absolutely, I just you know what, whatever the, re- the the cause, whether natural or not, you know they will conspire to use it for to develop these Agenda Twenty One smart you know the smart cities. I mean that's really all that not all that matters. All the lives that were lost, of course. Yeah. But but regardless of how it happened, they are going to capitalize on it and and uh, push forth monstrous agenda that I've been studying for a long time. Well, in the meantime, keep baking your cakes and make everybody happy <laughs> over there. Make every keep it keep everybody happy cuz that's that's what that's right. uh, You know, you sent you got to send me um send me a I don't know how you can I don't know if you can how do you refrigerate them? I want to taste some of the stuff that you're baking over there. So I can send it I can send it in cold pack. I just I wouldn't want to send anybody anything thinking, "Oh my gosh, do you make, they're going to poison me." Do you make like um like uh Almond, uh, almond croissants. You know those almond. Oh, I, yeah, I make I make everything with the almond I, with the almond from paste. Cookies to croissants. Oh yeah. With the paste inside. Made almond paste. Oh okay, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. I, I would like to have like one those? of those. 
they they probably won't weather well, but I'll I'll put instructions in there on how to how to refresh them and make them taste reasonably well. Okay. Despite uh, transportation. What about cheese? What about cheese Danish? You make cheese Danish? Cheese Danish are I love I actually like Danish more than croissant. Mm. They're they're richer even, more mm. fat more fat than croissant. Believe it or not, but they're the best. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'll okay, be. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll be I'll waiting. Have to think about that. I'll be waiting. I'll see you later. You just have to be a good. You have to be a good boy, and I'll I'll send some. Haven't I done enough? <laughs> yes, you have. Have it jumped through hoops for a Danish over here. <laughs> Thank you for the call, Lisa. Jeez, my gosh! All I wanted was some almond paste. All right, let's see. Duku Dan says, Frank, will you have Elena Freeland on as his guest again? Oh yeah, I got to get in touch with Elena. I I, I think she's. I think last time I spoke with her, she said she was working on a new book, a big one. So uh, I, I'll I'll get in touch with her. I wonder what she's seeing on this all, this whole thing. I don't know if Jim Lee's watching or not, but that's interesting. Let's see. On is there any more over? Hold on a second. Nope. I'm just checking in on all the super chats so I stay on top of them. Uh, Joe M170 says, good show. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, uh, thank you, Sean Joe, as well. Everybody's looking really nice out there. I'm happy. Happy you're all having a good time. All my good friends on Rockfin are doing well. On Theta, in the jacuzzi on Theta, everybody's doing well. A dozen people in the jacuzzi over there. It's getting a little tight, but whatever. They don't mind. Let's do one more, shall we? Actually, no. We're going to go on a really quick break. When we come back... Taking it down the home stretch. We're almost done here, okay? Don't go anywhere. Technology. See, what we see today is just the taking off of it. It's still coming. Technology is going to replace human beings. Unless you know how to, con- to program a computer or how to fix one, you're going to be in trouble in that area. Uh, in our industry, the industry has changed. Studios going out of business every day in Hollywood because technology has taken it from the big studio to a little space. Um, Something new is happening in the 80s, just for you, but you can't get lazy. All you do is just make up your mind that you're gonna do something. The key to life is your attitude. Make sure you're doing what you wanna do. You know how many people go to college for four or five years and get out and never do or use what they went to college for? Had a friend, you looking for a message board? Go to quitefrankly.tv and enter the forum. Engage with official show topic threads or start your own thread. Get signed up. It's that easy. And it's not Reddit, so don't sweat it. For the forum and then so much more, it's quitefrankly.tv. Yeehaw. Hi there. I'm Paul Perkinstein, and welcome to the wide world of web. Today's segment, Internet Chat Rooms. Hello, how are you today? 
It appears Greg has challenged our manhood. We need to find out everything we can about his interests, fears, and most of all, his family. And now some Hollywood celebrities are lashing out. Alec Baldwin is head of the Film Actors Guild. The Film Actors Guild believes that what the world needs is compassion, not violence. All that Team America does is create new enemies. Let me explain to you how this works. You see, the corporations finance Team America. And then Team America goes out, and the corporations sit there in their, in their corporation buildings, and, and, and see, that they're, they're all corporation-y, and they make money. Hmm? Last year, I went to Iraq. Before Team America showed up, it was a happy place. They had flowery meadows and rainbow skies and, and rivers made of chocolate where the children danced and laughed and played with gumdrop smiles. The actors are calling for an emergency meeting. Already expected to attend are Helen Hunt, George Clooney, Liv Tyler, Martin Sheen, Susan Sarandon, Janine Garofalo, and Matt Damon. Matt Damon. In the meantime, the world wants to deal with dangerous individuals their own way. So we had a nice little current events talk tonight. I'm releasing the scrat I'm releasing the scratching over there on Foxhole. Wonderful evening. Thank you guys and gals for joining me. We had great we still have wonderful um, viewership on both YouTube and Rumble, but all the places in between, great people are hanging out and thank you for sharing this with your friends and your family. If you're on Rumble and YouTube one more time, please give it a thumbs up. Give it a thumbs up. We are as indie as indie comes. We've got wonderful friends. We've got we've got wonderful uh, things going on out there, but we've got to generate our own growth and you guys can help in a big way with just little shares and likes and comments. All right, let's go Let's see. Anything else here in my notes? You know, speaking of, I think this is a nice little way to uh, to end the show tonight. There's a phenomenon that I am 100% on board with uh, with talking about, and that is the phenomenon of the skies over grocery stores and other places. Other places that you would never exactly expect these types of things to uh, to be so amazing. You think you go to a scenic area, and here, here's the bigger, here's the, uh, here's the initial meme. You might have seen it before. Let me get out of the way here. There's the sky in scenic locations on the left-hand side. A nice bluish, kind of white, pale blue sky. And then the sky outside of grocery stores, and it is just a... A slap in the face of color, creamsicle color, and incredibly formed. You should say, "Oh, you can." You might say, "Oh, well, those are all, those are all geoengineered clouds." Yeah, well, geoengineered or not, that takes me to a dream world that I don't want to leave. 
But you've noticed that before, right? Now, you probably can knock it out of the park and go to see some some wonderful, uh, you know, mountain range or rolling hills somewhere out there and um, and also get a wonderful night sky. But there is something very modern and very American about getting the sunset over the grocery. But here, look at this. This is from January 2014. Somebody submitted to this thread. It's called Sunset Over the Grocery Box. Let me see if I can get make that bigger or not. No, that, you're not going to be able to see it too big. Yeah, you see, that's a very small grocery store. Wherever the hell they are. And then that beautiful sunset over, over the top. There it is. This is a, it's a Tumblr thread. I love this stuff. Sunset at the end of my driveway, excluding pavement covered with the shite. The shite of one million dogs by me. That just at the end of the driveway. I know you see this outside of your house all the time, and you're just like, you know what, I guess this is just going to have to be a wonderful little moment for myself, because I can't take a picture of this with this rat's nest of telephone lines in front of it. I can't post this. I can't sell this to anybody else. Can't get jiggy with this shit. Sunset from my front lawn, taken on an iPod Touch in 2010. That is, that looks like a painting. Sunset in November 2021, taken in the parking lot of the pharmacy. Sunset from the parking lot of the diner, taken on an iPhone 5 in 2016. That's a beautiful one. What is that? What diner is that? Oh, I love, I love the neon, the neon lights. I want to go in there. I want to get a pizza burger right now. The view across the road partially eclipsed by a house, 2017. Taken from a stepladder, putting up Christmas lights, 2014, front yard. Oh, that's that's especially nice. You're getting ready for Christmas? Oh, that's wonderful. Brewing storm on an evening commute. Look at that. Now that's nice. Finally, no power line. September 30th, 2020, passenger seat of a moving Buick. That's a gorgeous stretch of land right there, even though it's, you know, bisected by a by a uh, fr- uh, parkway, but it's all right. Look at that. Gorgeous. That's like a lot of what you see in upstate New York, too. And you guys are familiar with this phenomenon, you know? There's so many more on this this um, this thread. The lovely, the mundane in life. It actually goes hand in hand, hand in hand with the the deer scene. The things in life that, you know, if you tried to sell it to somebody, they might just be something that just left a mark with you forever. For one reason or another, the timing, the timing, not only the day, but the timing in your life, the events of the time, whatever it is, that it meant so much, it just jarred something loose in you. But on the outside, from an objective perspective, it's just mundane and ordinary. And how do you sell that to somebody who's seen the same sky a hundred times over and it didn't mean as much? That's that deer scene that we talk about. So we'll be doing that on Friday night. All right, here's the super chat that came in from Jay Brits. Jay Brits says, hey, Frank, Grace, really graceful, just posted a video regarding the Maui fires, FYI. Uh, What time is it? 8.50? 8.50, huh? Let's go see what's going on on really graceful. And how long is it? Because if it's... Let us see. 
videos. But they won't tell you about the Maui Fire. Ah, oh, it's 13 minutes long. Well, I'm going to go and check it out. She just posted it an hour ago. On August 8th, Let's watch a couple of minutes. The historic town of Lahaina on the island of Maui. Not to mention it, it is August 8th again. There's that August 8th. Wasn't that the, uh, that was the, the date of the Mar-a-Lago raid? I forgot what else has been happening on August 8th recently. A popular tourist spot was destroyed by a fire that seemingly came out of nowhere. As of Monday morning, August 14th, the death toll sits at 96. An estimated 2,200 acres have been burned. Over 2,000 buildings have been reduced to ash. And of those buildings, 86% of them were residential homes. The investigation is ongoing. Loved ones are still missing. But alongside the rubble and ruin, questions remain. In this video, my goal is to give a voice to Maui residents in their eyewitness accounts, highlight key facts that have been completely buried, provide relevant historical context, and ultimately, share with you what the media won't tell you about the Maui fires. Not so long ago, the band of islands we call Hawaii was a sovereign state known as the Kingdom of Hawaii. Because of its key location in the Pacific Ocean and its fertile ground, Hawaii was historically a prized place for trade. However, the kingdom fell when the United States gobbled it up under the whole notion of manifest destiny. With a little help from the US government, a group of American and European businessmen overthrew the Hawaiian monarchy. You see, the Hawaiian Islands offered a key position for a US military base and would aid in the development of the US as a global superpower. And thus, the final queen of the Kingdom of Hawaii was deposed in 1893. From then on, Hawaii played a key role in the world stage. I should also say this is really part of that, um, that time in a uh, in American history, where the presidency became the imperial presidency, uh, this is this is when it really started changing our our relationship with the rest of the world. Um, so now, I, I obviously there's there's very little more that we can watch together because it's 13 minutes and we only have seven minutes left. But this is what this is where Grace really shines. Um, when she goes deep dives into history, background, and brings you modern, just so you have a little bit more of a backdrop context of what's going on out there. Uh, she did that with in countless other places, Iran. Um, I had uh, the, I had the Iran Iraq War made so much more clear to me, and of course all of the the history of Iran with the Shah and BP and all that other stuff. Um, this is where she really shines. So I'm going to make sure I put this. If you don't see it. From now until um, till whenever, I'll make sure I have it in the the network content for this Sunday, so uh, you can get a refresher on this on Sunday. So go check that out. Really graceful. Just uploaded an hour ago. I'll check it out tonight in in its entirety. Maybe it'll it'll uh, it'll boost some future conversation. Now tomorrow we're gonna have Timothy Alberino on the show to talk about in the short show that we have because it's band practice tomorrow night. Uh, we are going to be talking about Peru. Everything as it stands with the the reports of villagers in Peru coming to blows with very hard to identify entities, things that are airborne but not planes. We're talking about humanoid, 
humanoid figures that are floating around on discs like Iron Man or something like that that are impervious to buckshot. And I want to talk to him about that. I really do. So it'll be a little bit of a night of we'll do a grab bag and then it'll be Peru alien shootouts tomorrow night. Then Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, they take on their, their new life. If this is the first time you've been watching me, welcome aboard. Uh, please share me with your friends and family. We are live Monday through Friday night, 7 to 9 p.m., as we have been since God knows how long. This show, at least 2010, and then four years before that, sharpening my knives with other things. But, um, but I, I, I welcome you all aboard. I'll see you tomorrow night. I'm glad we started off the week like this. And please, become a sponsor. We have a lot going on going into the, the fall and into the winter. I want to make the holidays the best we can. I have a couple of ideas for new projects I really want to get off the ground. But uh, I just want to, uh, I want to bring you guys on and really, um, and really solidify our, our spot in new media and just take that next step up. There, uh, you know, less than, a little bit less than 1% of the audience sponsors the show. Obviously, there's a little bit more than that when you count when you uh, account for all the super chats and and the the way that people interact on a nightly basis. But as far as monthly support goes, I would love to get even two percent of you guys and gals, uh, you know, on as a sponsor. I'll be there to welcome you with open arms. There's plenty of perks that are open on Subscribestar and Patreon and and elsewhere. You get to be part of the live book clubs. You get to be part of the Sunday streams. And I'm always thinking of new ways to uh, add value. So much love to you all. I'll see you tomorrow night without fail, God willing, at 7 o'clock. Good night, ladies and gents. And did I miss anybody on the Super Chats? That, did I? One second. No, I didn't. Bye. Thank you so much. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience. And now, our super duper chatter, starting with Jay Britz, Dooku Dan, Stostube, Gino, Smelly Weasel 23, and Revolution. Thank you guys so much. Thank you over on the Rumble Rants. We have a few of you there. Esalon and Jay Semo, you guys have been my, my rocks tonight, along with Tony the Joe. Says, bottom bar won't illuminate. This is a test. Hello, Tony. Test complete. I see you. And to all my friends on Foxhole, we'll see you. I'm sure we have something going live on Monday night. So get to quitefrankly.tv, and perhaps I'll see you in the chat room as soon as I fix myself something to eat. I'm so hungry, I am shaking. Good night.